There is no name like the name of Jesus. There is no power like the power of our God. Father, we just love you today. Lord, we could never, never really express in our limited abilities an equal measure of love to you that you have given to us. It's impossible. But all we can say is from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thank you that you loved me enough to send your son for me. Thank you that you love my family. Thank you that you love our community. Thank you that you love us enough that you would sacrifice your own son to purchase our redemption. Thank you for your great love, Jesus. Thank you for your affection for us. Help us not to take it for granted. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you so much, worship team. Amen. Um, worship is a little truncated today, truncated, because we want to be able to uh, maximize our time, as will be the message today. We're going to be done in 15 minutes. And some of you say, I'll believe that when I see it. <sighs> Skeptics, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We've been talking about kingdom principles here at Desert Stream, and if you're visiting with us today, the kingdom of God operates on principles that we see reflected throughout all of nature, all of our natural world and order. And these kingdom principles, uh, when we tap into them, we are able to see incredible uh, fruit, incredible results, because we're living according to the principles by which God ordained the world to operate. The first one we talked about was the principle of transcendence, how the kingdom is in and through everything. It's not just some random thing that we talk about on Sundays, but kingdom principle is meant to permeate all aspects of our life. The second thing we talked about was the kingdom principle of freedom and how freedom is a kingdom principle. The Bible says that it is for freedom that Christ set us free. So he set us free that we would live free. And freedom, though, it gets misunderstood all the time because we all we ever talk about is our rights, our rights, our rights. But freedom is actually a marriage between choice and responsibility. That we are free to make choices, but then we must accept responsibility for the choices that we make. And that's where freedom is able to flourish. Third, third thing we talked about was service-based power, how if we want to have authority, then we need to come under people and lift them up and serve them. And when we do, we gain authority to speak into their life. A lot of times we want to we wanna change the world by coming down and, and bringing a message that, that comes against them, is condemning or whatever, but we need to get underneath them, lift them up, and we need to bless them by finding a way to love and to serve them. Then we talked about harvest, that... You know, the principle of harvest. And we talked about seven laws of the harvest. And, uh, but basically summed up in the phrase, it says, you reap what you sow. And then we talked uh, last week, Mark was talking about uh, fruitfulness, about how we should, as a society, God intended us to function as a results-based society. Something fairly foreign in our world today because we just throw money at stuff, whether it's working or not. We just throw more money at it. But what we should be looking at is its fruit. And if it's not fruitful, then we should step back and say, maybe we should do things differently. 
And so what we look at in the kingdom, the Bible says that God wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to bear fruit, much fruit, more fruit, and fruit that would remain, right? So fruitfulness is a kingdom principle. Well, today I want to talk about the principle, the kingdom principle of interdependence. Everybody say interdependence. 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 What is that? Well, uh, John Maxwell says it this way. He says interdependence is described this way. There is no I in teamwork. For all you incredible English teachers out there, I can say, well, he's right. There is no I in teamwork. There's no I in teamwork. It's not about me. It's about we. Amen? And when we understand that, that we are connected together, we're interdependent. We're not independent. We're not codependent. We are interdependent in the kingdom of God. God designed us to find each other, to work together with each other so that we could accomplish more than we could on our own. Everybody say amen. I want to read you a scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 18. And it says, For just as the body is one and yet has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. We were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one part but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I have no part in the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an ear, I guess I'm no part of the body, is it for, not for this reason any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has arranged the parts, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. What is he telling us? You know, Paul uses the metaphor of the physical body to illustrate the body of Christ. But the point that he's trying to make clear to us is that there is a place for every one of us in the body of Christ. That this principle of interdependence is woven into the kingdom of God. And that if we will tap into that, then we can experience a level of effectiveness never before seen in our lives. When we realize that my gift, when it's married to somebody else's gift, produces more fruit than if I try to work by myself. And no church can maximize its success, its impact, without building itself upon this core principle of interdependence. Today, for example, we have people in the kitchen cooking and preparing. We have people that were in the foyer greeting and saying, welcome, good to have you here this morning. We had people on the platform who were doing worship. We have people that are working with our children down in the children's department. We have people working all over the place, every one of them, interdependent on each other in order for things to run smoothly. That is a beautiful picture of the family of God. And so what my message to everybody here is today is don't find a place in the bleachers, find a place on the field. Don't spend your life on the bleachers in the kingdom. Get off the bleachers and get into the field. And it doesn't matter what your gift is, what your ability is. If you say, the only thing I'm really good at is just smiling and shaking hands, then praise the Lord, the most important thing you need when people come to church is to have a smile and someone to grab your hand and say, it's good to have you here today. Because first impressions are often the best impressions or the worst, right? And if somebody comes in and all they see is Mr. Grumpy Pants standing at the door, you know, oh, what are you doing here? You know what I mean? Uh, that's not a good impression. So you need the right people there. You also need on the platform, preferably people who can sing. 
or play the instruments, right? And, uh, you know, when they can't, uh, I guess you're just fulfilling the scriptures as make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But it's really important to have people have those skills and gifts. Amen? Thankfully, the people in the kitchen today are people who actually know when the corn is done and people who actually like to be able to serve. Thankfully, the people working with the children today are people who love the children and want to be there instead of having a mindset that says children are meant to be seen and not heard. How many know it's important for the body to have all of those people working together? You see, we were designed by God to do work. I want to read you a scripture from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. That means that before you were even born, God had gifted you with certain talents and abilities and a certain particular personality, and he wanted to connect you with other believers so that those gifts are able to be expressed in the body of Christ. God has placed design in everything. You walk out in creation and you can see uh, design in just about everything you look at uh, in our universe. And the interconnectedness of that design in our material world, both living and inert, is absolutely irrefutable. It's all connected. And through these multiple unified patterns connecting all of their designs together, things simply work. What are some examples of that? Well, symmetry, a polarity, male and female, opposites attracting, hosts and parasites. Have you ever noticed that? You can have a a shark swimming in the water and another little teeny fish stuck to his body. You ever seen photos of that? That little fish stuck on his body is a parasite. He's cleaning off the outside of the shark and eating all of the little bacteria that's on the outside of the shark. Without the shark, the parasite has no place to feed. And without the, 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 the parasite... The shark ends up getting a heavy coating of bacteria and everything on them. It slows them down in the water. But together, they have, you know, been wonderfully created to work with each other. And, uh, you know, bees and plants with pollen. There's so many examples of how the, uh, the world is interdependent on one another for survival. The above quote from Ephesians 2.10 uh, shows us how everybody has assigned labor from God. God has assignments for you. And we always tell people here at Desert Stream, find your alignment with God before you get your assignment. So don't jump out to assignment, experience alignment first. Come in alignment with God, but then he does indeed have an assignment for you, and he wants you to discover that. And so our journey in the body of Christ is finding that assignment from God. Now, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Do you know that, depending on who you ask, there are over 100 distinct words for snow in the Inuit language? Do you know that? Why? Well, because language has a unique ability to create distinctions between things in our minds. If I was to come in here today with a, 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 like say, a 12-foot 2 by 8 lay it on the ground in front of the stage, you know, you might look at that 2 by 8 so that's a piece of wood. You wouldn't be wrong. Some people say that's a piece of spruce. You wouldn't be wrong. Some people say that's a 2 by 8 You would also not be wrong. Some people would say, well, that's, that's going to be a joist. You would also not be wrong. You know what I mean? There are so many words we have to describe that same thing that is laid out in front of us. And so all of those words don't change its nature. They just are words we use to describe it. Well, in the Hebrew language, Juno, you know, there are 29 words used to describe praise and worship. 29. 29 different ways in which praise and worship is described. But my favorite one 
is the Hebrew word avoda. And avoda is a special word that's used to describe worship, but it also is used for another word. Avoda is also the Hebrew word for work. Isn't that interesting? It's also the Hebrew word for work. The Hebrew word avoda means work, worship, and service all at the same time. God's original design, I think, is revealed in this in that God is trying to help us understand that when we find the work that God has for us to do, even that which we do is a form of worship unto the Lord. Exodus chapter 34, verse 21, it says, Six days you shall avoda, work. Six days you shall work. Psalm 104, verse 23 says, Then man goes out to do his avoda, work, to his labor until evening. But then it also says in Exodus 8, 1, this is what the Lord says, let my people go so that they may avoda, worship me. That's what the Moses said to Pharaoh, let my people go so they can go out into the wilderness and worship me. All the same word, helping us understand that that same one word unifies the concept of working as worship. So when we are able to find what God's called us to do, and we dive in and we do it with all of our heart, we are worshiping the Lord. You know, we've programmed ourselves to think that worship is only with the music on and the hands raised and, oh, I'm worshiping the Lord. And indeed you are. But when you are also serving in the kids' unit and you're loving those children, you're also worshiping the Lord. When you're serving corn with a smile on your face and you're loving the people in the lineup, you're also worshiping the Lord. When you are, you know, running a camera at the back or running sound or any of these things that we do, whether you're working in a grocery store or whether you're working in a factory, when you do it unto the Lord and when you do it with all of your heart and you realize, I am here because God wants me here, you are worshiping the Lord. Are you hearing me today? Praise the Lord. So that gets us to the conclusion of this principle. There must be a division of labor, teamwork, in order for the church to be successful. One of the things I learned a long time ago is that none of us are as smart as all of us. Amen? None of us is as smart as all of us. And we is multiple times more powerful than me. Amen? We is way more powerful than me. Years ago, as we started to come into the Industrial Revolution, this principle impacted economics in a way that is so unified and so exemplified what God was trying to tell us in Scripture. You see, farmers realized that rather than every farmer trying to grow every crop that he needed in order for his family and his animals to survive, that he would be much more efficient if this one farmer grew nothing but wheat, and then another farmer grew nothing but corn, and then another farmer grew nothing but barley, and, and, as, and that one farmer would specialize on cattle, another farmer would specialize on chickens. And when they did that, when they were able to focus their labor on one thing and then they were interdependent on somebody who was focusing their labor on another thing, world economics was turned upside down. Global economics skyrocketed because the man who's now just focusing on wheat can do wheat better than anybody else and then he's able to exchange his wheat for the food, other food that he needs and he had money left over to spend on other things. And it literally changed our world. 
It ended up ushering in an industrial revolution that allowed people to not have to live farming anymore, but they could get into other types of work and manufacturing and all kinds of things. And literally, our world today economically runs on the principle of interdependence, of finding what it is that you're good at and doing that. Instead of trying to do everything, do this one thing and do it well, and God will use you to expand his kingdom. Are you hearing me this morning? Everybody understand what I'm talking about? This is a kingdom principle. And I could say a lot more about that this morning, but I think it's clear. God has called us as the body, each and every one of us, to look inside, see our gifts, and say, God, what have you blessed me with? What have you equipped me with? And here's the wonderful thing, that even right down to your personality, God is designed to work with other personalities who will compliment you, and you'll be able to compliment them. And together, we all end up creating a symphony that makes a beautiful, beautiful sound to the Lord. Amen? That is the principle of interdependence. And I know I'm a little over 15 minutes, but not bad. Not bad. Huh? Come on now. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, please stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. As you go through this week and uh, the next month, just ask God, Lord, if you're, if you're one of those people that right now is on the bleachers and you're not on the field, say, Lord, where would, do you want me to serve? And you might say, well, you know, I'm so busy with my job, my career. Okay, then ask God, how can you make an impact for the kingdom on your job, in your career? Because you can, you know. You can influence people wherever God has deposited you and placed you. And that when you do, it makes a beautiful sound to the Lord. Amen? Father, I just thank you for the principle of interdependence. That, Father, there is no I in teamwork. Lord, that we are much more powerful than me. And when, God, we work together, we produce a harvest and we produce a sound that is beautiful to your ears. Father, I pray now that as we uh, conclude our service and we go out and we have a party, that, Lord, you'll just be celebrated. You'll be in and through every conversation, that, Lord, people will be blessed. Father, we pray over the food, and, Lord, we ask your blessing on everything that we partake of today so that you will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.